Welcome to But Her Lyrics, the show where we delve into the meaning and politics behind each song from the new War on Women album, Wonderful Hell. I'm Shauna Potter, singer and lyricist for War on Women, and your host. This time, we're tackling In Your Path, the ninth song on the album. This is a cool episode, y'all. I'm excited to bring you the band interviews about writing and recording this song and making the music video which patrons of the podcast have had exclusive access to for a while now, but it will be made public upon the release of this podcast episode. And we're going to change it up by doing the band interviews first and then ending with my informative interview with Margaret Killjoy, who I know from designing the cover of my book, Making Spaces Safer. Well, it turns out she does a lot of other cool things too. And for a song that is based on a protest chant, we'll get into that, I wanted Margaret to share her extensive knowledge about how to protest safely and effectively. I get the feeling injustice isn't going away anytime soon, so I want all my listeners to be prepared for the worst while we hope for the best. It's a regular wonderful hell situation, right? Uh, So stick around till the end for some great advice. I, I learned a lot talking with her. Okay. Let's break down this song. The lyrics to In Your Path are a translated and reworked version of Un Violador en Tu Camino, A Rapist in Your Path, a Chilean protest song against social inequality originally created by a feminist collective called Las Tisas. It was first performed in late 2019 in Chile, but quickly took off around the world as an anthem against rape culture and victim shaming. I was first made aware of it in early 2020 when I saw a video circulating online of women in New York protesting with this song in front of Trump Tower. So you know I was all about it, right? Um, But it's really striking to see it, actually. Um, That's why we included footage of these protests in our music video. There's just a sea of women and and trans and and non-binary people wearing matching colors, uh, usually black and red, all wearing blindfolds and, and singing and dancing in unison. It's a really powerful image. I do want to note that I did reach out to Las Tisas and I got their blessing to record and release our version of the song, which is amazing, uh, as well as make a video for it. Um, And they even ended up sharing some of their own footage to be used in the video, which we then combined with public domain and original footage. It was a concern of the band that we not accidentally cause harm to anyone who took part in these protests by sharing their image again so publicly. So I'm glad we got Lestesis to sign on and even contribute to the video, you know, because the purpose of making the video was just to raise awareness about their collective and the struggles they are facing in Chile to an audience that might not be aware of it otherwise. I think this is where I should give the biggest heartfelt shout out and thanks to Rob Menzer and Jesse Pliska for directing the video, coordinating all the band shots, which was a feat, uh, and compiling contributions from other amazing videographers for the rest of the footage. They worked so hard and for so long on this video we literally could not have done it without them Uh, and they had to put up with me right someone with no experience or shared language of videographer speak but who for some reason has a very clear idea of what she doesn't want 
I'm sure I was very easy to work with. <laughs> so all our gratitude to Rob Menzer, who you might know because he worked with Two Minutes to Late Night. That's how we met. And his associate and former roommate and guy who let me sleep on his couch a couple times, Jesse Pliska. Thank you both so much. Uh, did you guys know that the official sponsor of But Her Lyrics is First Defense Krav Maga out of Virginia? Go check them out and support them. And you can be a sponsor, too, by joining me on Patreon. Uh, support this podcast, get a shout-out and tons of perks and access to exclusive and behind-the-scenes stuff by becoming a patron today. So, speaking of, it's time to give my big shout-out to the best patrons in the world, recruits Stefan and Yulina, and meatheads Melissa, Lauren, Zachary, and Galen. And big welcome to new meathead Byron and little seed uh, Susie Ulry from Pogo. Hello, I just interviewed her. Oh, Rosie. <laughs> yeah, you grumpy? Okay, let's try that again. What the fuck was I saying? Um, oh, and little seed Susie Ulry from Pogo. I just interviewed her for my Meandering Conversation series, exclusive to patrons, so check that out. I'm pretty sure I told her she didn't have to pay to play, but I welcome the support nonetheless. Thank you, Susie. All right, time to hear from the band. Yes, I like um, In Your Path. In Your Path. I don't remember why. But it's 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 in my I've made a couple of like top five lists and it's always it's always in there. And I talked to Dave a little bit about recording a video for about that. Recording a Do you video want to talk that? about that at all? Remember you were in a music video for that? Whoa! That isn't out yet. Yes! Oh my god! <laughs> I'm like that's that's still not out yet. That's <laughs> you right. forgot. Wow, that's the one. So it was directed and shot over Zoom. I was really, I was really kind of impressed by that. I mean, I think like I've, I've been making so many videos from home or whatever, you know, but this was like, it felt like they were in the room with me. They were like the director of photography and, and a director were there being like, move your head this way, tilt the light, do it again. That looked really good. Okay. Now we're going to get this. Um, so I can't wait to see how that video comes out. Um, and and yeah, it was fun like singing along to that in the video. I think it's a it's a catchy song. Yeah, it's real short. So uh, I felt like recording my part. You know, we do it a few times and then you're done. And and so I feel like any other song, it it would have been a much longer process to shoot a video over Zoom. But it it, it wasn't too bad because once you get the lights and once you get an angle, like. Okay, a minute later, the hardest part was finding a black sheet (laughs) that didn't have like cat hair or a pattern on it. (laughs) Right, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, totally, totally. (laughs) Same. A pretty straightforward (laughs) jam. Um, I like to have at least like one of these on every record. Um, I feel like on the first uh, self-titled, it was. Um, YouTube comments and then on capture the flag it was uh, a childbirth and then this Uh one sort of fits that where it's kind of a short sweet like little punk song that's not it's not like an opus it's not complicated it just is what it is
you know, those other two songs you mentioned, I feel like they're a little more like feral, like a little more wild uh, or, or mm. just weird. And I think this one is really just more straightforward punk rock song. Do you uh, agree or disagree? I could maybe see that with childbirth, <laughs> but I think this song's not that different than YouTube comments. It's, you know, it has two parts. It just goes A, B, A, B, and then the B extends a little bit at the end. And, you know, I like in the B part, the guitars sort of one guitar goes up chromatically and the other guitar goes down chromatically. So it's a little crazy sounding. Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. And because of yeah. like all the little yeah. half step slides in the verse, it's kind of a little hard to tell what key it's in, you know. I don't to me it's a little crazy. <laughs> okay. Maybe you know, it might just be, you know, all those songs, YouTube comments, childbirth, in your path, like they're kind of concept songs to mm -hmm. me. They're it's not uh I sort of it's like a I'm coming at it sort of from this artistic concept. Um versus here's an issue mm -hmm. that I want to talk about, you know, it's like a way to get to the song. And so it might just be that, uh, you know, finding this protest chant uh, from the feminist collective Las Tisas out of Chile uh, and seeing, seeing the translation in English uh, and just, it might just be that the words are just more kind of straightforward and and it just the, the rhythm it just really lends itself to uh mm -hmm. a yeah, straight I ahead punk that. song i kind of just what realized looking at the music path? it's it's in a it's in phrygian mode which is interesting to me um which is a it's a well is it's a, a musical mode a mode? scale where <laughs> the first step in the scale is a half step Whereas like in a major or minor, the first step is a whole step. And so it gives it kind of a, a cool sound. I mean, it's a little hard to analyze this kind of music in like traditional harmony because um, so much of it is based on like the physical action of playing the guitar. Um, yeah. But it does fall right into that, that mode, which is cool. Oh uh, gosh, Anything it's so short. I don't even remember recording it. I think <laughs> I, I'm, I know what you I'm mean. pretty confident that all the basic tracks made it to the final mix on this. There might be like, no, I don't even think there's any guitar overdubs. I mean, Jen's guitar was overdubbed because she wasn't physically there for the original recording, but there isn't like a hidden third guitar or like a harmony guitar or anything. I think it's just you know, drums, bass, gen, guitar, me, guitar, vocals. So this is the one we did the video for, like, yes. like at our houses. Where we were actually, we're actually going to be in it. <laughs> like at our houses, weirdly, over iPhones. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know. What was that like? Um, thank God Brooks was there. Oh yeah, he came over and and helped you. There's no way I would have been able to do it on my own. Like I I had no I no I mean I I'm by myself. You know what I mean? Like my I have yeah. a roommate, but he works at a fancy restaurant and he is at work every night. And you know Mike was helping his dad who, in Virginia who had just had open heart surgery. You know what I mean? Those are mm -hmm. the the two people that are in that like come over 
You know what I mean? Right. So right. Brooks took his life into his hands, <laughs> came into my house and like helped me like do this. There was no way I would have been able to do it, do it on my own. So like, thank you, Brooks. And I can't wait to see this video. Um, I realized that like, um, the song is cool. And I was like, I, and I, in the video, I kept like messing up the ending because it would like go one extra time than I thought it should or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know? Um, but yeah, like, I don't know this, this, this song is 90 seconds long or so. That's cool. Alessa, <laughs> it's a minute and 11 seconds. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's like, it's not yeah. even, it's like 72 seconds long. Yes. That's like yeah. nothing, but there's, there's a lot going on, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It packs a punch. Yeah. That, that was my favorite part of recording the video is that once you kind of got everything set up, it was pretty quick to get through the song itself. And it has that mosh part. Like, I mean, I mean, that, that was for me. Like, I have always wanted to have a part like that with the drums that start doing the thrashy thing. You know what I mean? Like the moshy, well, first they're thrashy. Well, for, point it out for everybody. Yeah. Hold on. Wait, let's see. Where does that happen? God damn. Wait, where is it? Wait, where is it in the song? I keep skipping through it. I, I don't I don't know. Are you sure you don't mean like the end of seeds or something? Wait, maybe this isn't the song with the with the mosh part. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, I'll delete that. You know what I'm talking? You know, oh God, the part that's like that's not this song, I guess. Oh, that, that's the end of seeds. Oh, seeds has a really good mosh part. It's like my favorite part. I've always wanted to have a part like that in a song, and now we do. Like, and I'm going to do some cool dance moves to that. Get ready. I'm from New Jersey. Just you wait. Whoa. <laughs> um, okay. So this dog really likes it when everyone is together. You know, I like that dog. I feel the same way. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, she has a lot in common with you. Everyone, why don't we all just party together? Yeah. She does not know why. I am in a separate room from my partner Aww. for this hour and a half to do this interview. She doesn't get it. Yeah. And you're, she's like, um, why are you looking at that thing instead of me? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Kingsley used to sit next to me on the couch when I was typing on my Aww. little laptop and he would take his paw, put it on my hand on the keyboard and like move it off of the keyboard. So I pet, so I pet him. In your path. In your path. <laughs> um that was the original melody for it and luckily i path. changed it <laughs> in your path in your path this song has like fishbone vibes to me oh i don't know if you cool. listen to much fishbone in the fact that it's got this kind of like bounce to it mm. um and they would often do that like you know try to mix in like ska reggae punk rock uh with their kind of manic uh approach but this whole just like, you know, it's like you have to play the drums with like a bit of a swing. Like this. And that, yeah, it's like, I don't know. It just makes it like a little more like fun as opposed to like that very straight, like like that like little tiny swing, that little bounce to it gives it like a different life than the rest of the song. And it's also just crazy. And it's like, what, like a minute long or something. And so it's just like like a yeah minute eight or something yeah <laughs> yeah minute and so oh, no, I feel one like one minute and eleven seconds one eleven yeah uh, so I feel like I'm just yeah. like 
empty in the bucket. Like, you know, there's like a ton of drum fills. There's like, it's just like a bunch of crazy shit. Um, just and, doing it. And you're, you're yelling like the rapist is you, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The rapist is you. Yeah. It's the cops. It's a state. Uh, the president, the judges and the president. Now we recorded a, a video for this song that yes, most likely by the time the episode, uh, the podcast episode for this is, you know, it'll all be out uh, by then. But uh, uh, talk about making a making a music video during a pandemic. Yeah, well, you know what? Like now's the time to do it. Like uh, it's like we have the technology, you know, like we can <laughs> we can do it. But basically, I mean, it was kind of cool. It was like I went to my friend um, Kevin Considine, who works at Human Being Productions, which is a video production company in Baltimore. Um, and he's a good friend of mine. We've known each other since high school. And, uh, we shot this video being directed, uh, by a guy over zoom, basically, you know, uh, we just like hung up a black sheet of paper, put up a couple cameras and I just played through the song a couple times. And, uh, it was really funny. I'll say the funniest part is like, so like a director truly trying to like, like direct, like an actor, you know, like it takes like this kind of like, okay, like, you know, imagine like you're here and like, you know, you just kind of, you uh-huh. know, it's kind of like setting the scene. I'm not a theater person. Uh, I never have been, but I know that you guys are like tech nerds and you've been in this yeah. world forever. Right. Um, but like, I, I could feel him getting into like the director role, but like via zoom, you know? <laughs> so he was kind of being like, okay, what's like, the last show you played, you know, I really want you to tap into that energy <laughs> this time and like, you know, try to like really like sell it. But, and I was like, I th- I think I just need to do it again. Let me just try <laughs> stop to do talking it to me. Let you me know? do it again. You oh, know why, stop Dave? Stop talking to me. Dave, because you are the most chill looking drummer when you play and you, and you know this and, 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 and you're making a face like it. I'm not saying it like it's a bad thing. Like no one is ever saying it like it's a bad thing, but you just have this air of being relaxed, you know, like, like you are not, you're not about to fall apart. Whatever beat you're playing, it is not about to fall apart. Like, like you are in control of what's happening. We're, we're all going to be able to follow the whole way through, uh, through an entire set. Um, and you got us, you know, you've got our back. And, and so that's how you should look at it. It's a yeah. positive thing, but like your face, you're just like, you're just so eyes are closed. <laughs> you're just fucking chill. Like you just smoked out, you know, <laughs> and maybe you did. Yeah. But, uh, but it fe- <laughs> maybe I did. It's very possible. <laughs> but what it feels like when people say that to me after a show is you look bored on stage. Mm. You look like uh, you're not trying and looking like you're not trying is cool. If like you're playing, I don't know, something like, like something that you shouldn't be trying very hard. Like over trying is like a bad thing. Right. right? Like, but okay. So like all maybe this the stems term, from like. The term that, that people want to use in the future, just anyone listening, if you ever compliment Dave <laughs> on how relaxed he looks, the word you're looking for is effortless. Not like he's not trying very hard, but he makes it right. look effortless. Right. All this, all this stuff comes from like my training as a like i'm I'm a self-taught drummer but like my drum heroes are jazz guys first right it goes like Mm -hmm. jazz hip-hop and then rock and roll and all the other stuff Mm -hmm. you know so like i was never impressed 
by the guys who are like playing drums with like their hands like way over their heads and like <laughs> smashing into everything yeah. and like you know I was later because I was like okay that looks cool like I get it you know the drummer in Black Lung is a great example of that he plays this really small drum set and after every show somebody is like that drummer is awesome he's so much fun to watch like we love watching him play because he puts his whole heart his whole chest into it every time you know and people are engaged by that um but like again that's the only band he's ever been in. he's only ever been in a rock band i've been in jazz hip-hop funk you know everything um so my training all comes from like technique what's the best technique what's the most like ergonomic way i can hold the stick move my body what's the most efficient way i can get through this half hour punk rock set because because we're sprinting like like our shows are not a marathon it's a sprint and it is a hard sprint yeah yeah. Yeah. People, I think, don't realize that sometimes that like, uh, you know, especially with War on Women, we are often uh, the opening band on a tour, which means that our sets are short. It means that we're there for 30 minutes and we're out. You know, we are going to <laughs> uh, we're just going to like bang for like 30 minutes. And like, I need to make sure that like by the last song of the set, I'm still playing as hard as I was in the first song yes. of the set. You know, so like that's where all that comes from. But I don't want people to think that I'm like bored on stage. I'm just like trying to play well. And I understand that like and also like I I don't want to be the main focus in this band. It's not my place to be like, uh, everyone, look at me. I'm like ripping these drums up. You know, (laughs) it's like it's a feminist punk rock band. Like, you know, look at somebody else. I I think it's perfectly appropriate to to give that space uh, up or acknowledge that you don't need to take up that space uh, so that me, Sue, and Janarchy can can have it instead. I, yeah. Yeah. Straight up. I have a band where I'm the lead singer. Like, I don't need to be it in this one. <laughs> exactly. Also, exactly. You know? Exactly. And I don't have another band where I'm the lead singer. So give it to <laughs> me, please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's yours. <laughs> kidding. Not kidding. Not kidding. Okay, next up is my interview with Margaret Kiljoy, who is a trans-feminine author, musician, and podcaster living in the Appalachian Mountains. We spoke in 2020 during the height of the uprisings against racism and police brutality. She is not directly related to this song or its meaning, but her podcast, Live Like the World is Dying, is why she's on the show. She is all about individual preparedness. Since In Your Path is based on a protest song, I wanted to get her advice on how to protest like a pro. Interview time! Margaret Kiljoy, thank you so much for joining me on But Her Lyrics. This is so cool. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. I, uh, I realized that um, we've never met and we've never, <laughs> like we're video chatting. This is the, mm-hmm. my first time seeing you not in a still photograph mm-hmm. on my Facebook feed. Um, so uh, introduce yourself to everybody first. Um, my name's Margaret, Margaret Kiljoy, and I guess I'm a author and musician and uh, anarchist and podcaster and kind of can't stay still in terms of projects. And uh, <laughs> I've been doing a lot of them for long enough that, yeah, I'm starting to figure out how to do them. <laughs> we get there eventually, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely have a Jane of all trades, master of none. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, so I only know you from designing the cover of my book, <laughs> Making Faces Safer. And it's beautiful. It's perfect. It's the perfect cover. Everyone that I've talked to about it loves it, thinks it's so appropriate. Um, I I guess I, I would like to ask, um, how difficult was I to work with? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you are great to work with. I, I actually, um, you are slightly more, you're more hands-on than the average AK Press author. Um, really? And that was a good thing. Well, because you actually, okay. I think you, I think, I remember you actually had feedback and ideas, whereas a lot of times when I discover, one of my other jobs is that I design books, both the inside and outside for AK Press. And I, I remember the earlier drafts of the book. I was trying to do this thing with like boots, like combat boots, but like, like, like a literal combat. boot. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, um, you know, and so I went through a punk. bunch of versions. Yeah. And it, um, it just didn't work, but no covers are always fussy. It's really easy to make a cover and then it's never good. And I'm annoyed <laughs> because I've been doing this for years. I've been making covers professionally for a long time and I can still never just sit down and be like, now I've made a cover. Whereas the inside of a book. Yeah. I can just sit down and make the inside of a book and it's, it's fine. Also great. And making spaces safer. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Out of curiosity, did you ever read my book? I have not read your book. I have skimmed your book. And I did read <laughs> the um, the zine version, right? Isn't there a... Am I oh, wrong yeah. About this? The pocket guide. Mm -hmm. I read the pocket yeah. guide and I skimmed the the whole book. But I was I was impressed. I don't know. like like Even just like reading the pamphlet about it, I was impressed that you actually kind of approached the issue with nuance. Mm -hmm. And I, it was actually the first time I ran across this particular issue approached with, um, yeah, with, with, a, with more understanding that it's a complicated issue instead of just a like, here's the rules, you know? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, that's, a, that's a big compliment. Thank you. That's definitely something that I, I crave nuance. Yeah. <laughs> in conversations and in social justice. And, and I, you know, we don't always get it, yeah. uh, especially from general media and our curated feeds. And, and I just, I just want to talk about how complicated everything is, yeah. <laughs> which is not always fun um, or possible. But um, so that means a lot that actually you caught on to that. Cool. Well, I brought you here today to talk about uh, protesting safely mm -hmm. and effectively. Am I correct that over the last year or so, you've been sharing your own personal research regarding the safety of certain protective headgear? Yeah, headgear, also masks and goggles. Um, and I've been doing a lot of research into body armor and things like that, both body armor for like police less lethals. And then unfortunately in the middle of the summer, my research took a very more serious turn when I had to start researching um, ballistic armor as more and more people started getting shot at demonstrations. Um, yeah. And I kind of was doing it for, I've been going to, to like direct action protests for about 20 years, but this year uh, my mental health and my physical location mean that I haven't been nearly as involved in this uprising, which is kind of wild because it's absolutely the biggest thing in, that's happened in the U.S. and in, in my lifetime. And right. sitting it out feels real uncomfortable. Um, and so it's kind of in some ways it was a desperate like, what can I do to be useful? And I'm like, well, I've yes, I've done a lot of this research before. Um, I've written zines about police less lethal technology before, and I've experienced a decently wider range of them 
wide range of them used against me and my friends. So yeah, I've, I've been working on that project. For the layman, uh, mm-hmm. lay, lay, whatever, <laughs> lay person. Mm-hmm. Um, damn. Even even the best feminists among us are totally fucking sexist sometimes because we forget. Uh, fuck you, society. Uh, okay, for the lay person, mm-hmm. what is a police less lethal? What does that mm-hmm. term mean? So police no longer call their weapons non-lethal because they kill people on a regular basis. Things like um, oh god, <laughs> tasers, okay. even pepper spray, um, tear gas. Uh, batons fall into the the less lethal category. It's basically like okay. anything that police use that isn't a firearm is they're used in the context of demonstrations for crowd control and uh, intimidation and brutalization of individual people to try and make people too afraid to come to demonstrations. They're mm-hmm. mostly ostensibly used for subduing people, um, but they're absolutely not used the way that they are being directed to use by their own use of force guidelines on a regular basis. Um, So we have to protect ourselves from them because their goal of using this technology is to make us stay home. And and they also tend to use this technology because they can't control us. And we don't want to be controlled. So we find ways to, to minimize the impact of these weapons. Well, I absolutely identify with that feeling of, uh, you know, I also haven't gotten out there to protest directly in the streets this year. I'm a bit of a scaredy cat Mm -hmm. when it comes to my health. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know if that's my upbringing. I didn't get, (laughs) I didn't Mm -hmm. skin my knee enough growing up, didn't Mm -hmm. climb trees or if it's, you know, lack of healthcare. I don't (laughs) know if I would die (laughs) if I got COVID, you know, um, all valid. Uh, but I, I, I just can't bring myself to, to, to go anywhere, but the grocery store, you know? Um, and it feels weird. Yeah. It feels weird. And, and I, I had those moments this year where I just thought, well, what the fuck else can I do? And I and I had activist guilt, mm-hmm. never doing enough. And, <laughs> and eventually I, I came to some things, you know, did more safer space stuff, talked to uh, fellow white people about how to start their white ally journey, you know, mm-hmm. just just sharing what knowledge I did have to help people kind of send them on their path which might include direct action that might not, um, but just taking that burden of conversation on. Um, and so I was able to find some things. So what, what, how did you come up with, okay, well, here's, here's what I can do. Here's what I know. Um, I mean, it first started with basically like watching people starting to use shields in the street. And that was something that, uh, I've I've brought shields to demonstrations a couple times in my life, or worn protective armor a couple times in my life, and it's uh, never been quite as effective as it has been this year because it hasn't been as widely adopted as it has been this year. And basically, I was just talking with another of my friends. Yeah, I, I suffer from a lot of medical anxiety. Like it's it's COVID was like almost like specifically designed to mess my brain up. You know, <laughs> right, um, right. After I am exposed the tiniest bit to the outside world, I have fake symptoms for weeks, you know, until I know that I'm not sick. And um, so even the, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a whole thing. And, and, you know, and it's like, and everyone's mental health is, is their own thing. And people have a hard time understanding other people's mental health. So it's very easy to like, 
judge yourself for being like, oh, everyone just sees Margaret as like yeah. old and washed up and just doesn't go out anymore and wants to make the kids do it, you know, right. <laughs> and just wants to sit around and be like, well, in my day, we, we fought cops <laughs> like this. And, <laughs> um, and so basically it first started off with being like, okay, how do I make shields? And I talked with one of my friends who makes shields for LARPing and, um, especially for full combat LARPing and, you know, who's also uh, politically radical. And we just sat there and we figured out how we would build them. And then we built them. And then from there it became like, but is this effective? And I just kind of fell into a research hole for several months, um, kind of following up on research I did for a zine about 12 years ago for actually the RNC in 2008, which I wasn't able to make it to for um, logistical reasons. And I felt really guilty because at the time I just went to every demonstration I could go to. Yeah. Um, and so I, um, so I did that. I, I do want to, I, I want to highlight. What was the zine called? Oh, it was called Excited Delirium, a protester's guide to less lethal technology. And it's, it's called okay. Excited Delirium because this is no longer the case, but in 2008, that's the word that they would use because sometimes when you get tased, you just die. Um, um and, okay. and the, the, they, like the companies and stuff that make tasers and police are like, oh no, the taser didn't kill them. Um, excited delirium killed them. What does that mean? It basically means they like went into shock, but it's like a made up term for killed by a taser that means that the taser isn't at fault. Um, and um, so RNC 2008, mm -hmm. you made a zine to help people uh, avoid yeah less lethal weapons or deal with them or, or protect themselves so i think a big thing is that less lethals are actually not a particularly effective method of crowd control when it comes down to just the physicality of them we we tend and what i want to do is i want to spread information so that people know that i mean it's interesting because on some level the more you learn about um cs gas can cause reproductive health problems in people with uh menstrual cycles um you know and that's really fucking scary. Um, yeah. But overall, this stuff is like less bad than it claims to be. It's more defeatable than it than, than police want us to believe. Um, and so I kind of wanted to share this information so that people know, because I mean, I, a lot of anxiety for me comes from not knowing, right? Even though COVID is spiking right now, I'm less afraid of it right now because I understand it a little bit better you know? Yeah. Um, and so learning like, this is what a baton round is and this is how it messes you up. And this is how it probably won't kill you. And kind of giving a, like trying to give a, we can do this kind of feeling, even though it's not yeah. safe, right? It's not safe to go out and challenge <laughs> the most powerful government in the world. Right. Um, but it's also not safe to just let the most powerful government in the world continue to murder everyone in the world, including us. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of why I, I got into trying to disseminate this information as best as I could. Um, I wanted to ask, what are some just basic protesting tips you can give people that maybe have mostly, if they've been to a protest, they just held a sign and walked around and... It mm -hmm. was not a big deal. <laughs> you know, they weren't yeah. worried about their safety. What, what are some things we need to worry about? Because I, you know, I hear that thing of 
you know, bring something to cover your face, not only to keep uh, yourself anonymous, but also just in case something's sprayed in the air, mm-hmm. goggles or something. And then I've heard of uh, bring milk, pour that in your eyes if there's tear gas. Oh, no, don't no. use milk yeah. in your eyes because there's sugar. You know, so what what are the things? What are the basics? So this is sort of bullshit. Anything go in your eyes. I mean, clearly don't pour pepper spray into your eyes unless you really want to. Um, but who am yeah. I to tell you what to do? For the most part... No king shaming here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you just want attention from a cute street medic, so you just pepper spray yourself. Um, <laughs> so water goes in your eyes. Water is... Uh, the mechanical action of flushing with a squirt bottle is what flushes out your eyes of chemicals more effective than anything else. It's not actually about trying to neutralize the chemicals. And there are some specific disadvantages to using other stuff. I kind of hate like medic culture where it's like, oh, you don't know the right thing. So it's wrong of you to pour milk in someone's eyes. It's wrong of you to pour half Maalox, half water in, in people's eyes, right? Which are both things that people have done a lot. There's some specific disadvantages to both of those. The disadvantage of milk is that it's it's gross, right? And if you get that stuff in your on you and then you go to jail for like 12 hours and you're just like sitting with your clothes soaked in milk, it's, it's gross. Yeah. And there's like yeah. the small chance of allergic reaction and like a small chance of like, um, you know, like crud growing in your eyes or whatever, right? But like, if all you have is milk, I mean, I'm also a vegan, so it's really funny for me to say this. If all you have is milk, like I would right? rather have milk in my eyes than pepper spray in my eyes. Um, yeah. You know, there's like, like I was talking to a doctor friend who wasn't um, dealing with eye stuff for a while. And, and I was like, well, what happens? Like, you know, these goggles might break, right? Or like um, swim goggles. There's a chance that if you get hit really hard in the eye with swim goggles, there's a chance that doctors I've talked to are like, oh, maybe that but it's mostly a rumor that swim goggles because of the suction will like pop your eye out. Right. Oh God. <laughs> now yeah. the thing is if you weren't wearing that, those swim goggles and you got hit in the eye, something hard enough to do that, you might be dead. Right. So it's better to get hit in the face with goggles that aren't the right goggles than to get hit in the face without goggles. So a lot of this stuff is like the best helmet is the helmet you have. Mm-hmm. Right. And so with what, so you want water in your eyes and the, the downside of, um, uh, Maalox of antacids is that, um, it actually has been used at demonstrations to, uh, pick people off for arrest. And it specifically shows up more on darker skin, uh, the residue of Maalox. And so oh, wow. police okay. can say that person got pepper sprayed and then be like, therefore that person was a demonstrator. Therefore that person might be going to jail today. Oh, wow. And so that's like a, a weird kind of minor thing, but it was definitely used in the Ferguson demos a couple of years ago to target people for arrest. And it specifically disproportionately impacts people with darker skin. Um, so, okay. In terms of a helmet, the kind of trick with a helmet is you kind of don't want to be the only girl with a helmet at a demonstration because then you're going to get targeted <laughs> for arrest. Um, yeah. but if everyone's wearing helmets, you kind of don't want to be the one without a helmet because Everyone's wearing helmets because they're used to getting stuff shot at their heads or batons aimed at their heads. Um, And if nothing else, you can kind of get away with wearing just a bicycle helmet because you could be like, oh, maybe I just got off a bicycle. Like it doesn't target you the same way, right? Another kind of low key, but but bicycle helmets aren't particularly great. Um, If you want kind of a plausible deniability, like the cheapest, easiest, most effective helmet for your money is a skateboarding helmet. You get one that's actually like rated uh, they're, they're often about $20. Um, and a skateboard helmet, it has better impact protection than like a project, like it's harder to break through with a projectile, um, than a bike helmet. 
And if you want to move up from there, like a lot of uh, like sports helmets are substantially more effective against repeated impact. So like if you're trying to be at the front line holding the banner and you think police might be trying to hit you with batons, sports helmets are substantially better. Um, however, if you get hit in the head of the demonstration, it almost doesn't matter whether or not you think you got a concussion. You should lay off of demonstrations for like a week at least because uh, repeated head injuries are um, a really bad deal. Um, and then from there, at the very high end, you can get a ballistic helmet. And more and more people in places like Portland have been moving to ballistic helmets. Um, and ballistic helmets are usually rated. It's 3A, which is uh, basically protective against handgun rounds. Um, it's also really scary to talk about like, hey, now you need body armor to go to a demonstration. The thing to still remember is that it's like, it's not safe, but it's still like, it's doable. People do this, you know, and most people don't get shot when they go to demonstrations. Right. Statistically. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the, we don't want to scare people off from going to any demonstration because like you were saying, there is such power in numbers. Yeah. Uh, and so go. Yeah. Uh, bring some water, bring a bandana, bring some goggles, maybe bring a helmet, good walking shoes. Yeah um snacks snacks right for you and to hand out to yeah. others and water for you and others um yeah and then is it you write the name and number of a lawyer on your on your arm in sharpie what information should people be bringing with them usually at a demonstration a large demonstration there'll be a legal support number and the idea is that you write that down in sharpie there's a lot of like etiquette around where you write it like some people don't write it in a visible place because then they could be like oh that's a demonstrator you know she has the legal support number written on her arm in sharpie other times you're like yeah of course i'm a demonstrator like what do you <laughs> look I, at I, how i'm dressed <laughs> yeah exactly um if you do decide to dress wearing all black um which is cool because that helps keep other people who wear all black safe even if you're not up to no good but you support people who are up to no good oh, um yeah. be very careful about leaving entering and leaving the demonstration, um, wearing those clothes. A lot of people then just bring a small backpack with a change of clothes, specifically like maybe like a bright colored shell, like something that folds up kind of small. Um, yeah. Some people go so far as to change their shoes on the way out. Uh, if you are up to no good, you need to make sure that you're not wearing anything identifiable and often also not wearing the same thing every night, unfortunately. Um, it turns into this very consumerist culture. <laughs> Another thing to remember is that like, um, diversity of tactics, one, it goes both ways, right? Uh, let's say you really want to um, escalate things, right? Or you want, um, you're, you're mad enough that you're like, I want confrontation with the things that are oppressing us, right? That is a perfectly valid thing. Um, not everyone is going to want that. And the more that you're able to work to create separations of time and space, uh, the more kind of solidarity you can you can achieve. And therefore, the safer you're going to be, right? Because if you want to um, be in the black block, one of the things that keeps you safest is having the people around you not hate you because other people have other ways that they want to engage. It's very important to respect the other ways that people want to engage. And this also goes back the other way, right? Like um, there are often times that people do things at demonstrations that I'm like, I don't think that's cool. Why'd you break that bus shelter? What was the bus shelter doing to you? Like it's a public property. Why would you do that? And I might be frustrated by that, right? Um, but I need to remember to keep things in the context of the greater thing that's happening. And there's some stuff that I'm like, now if someone's like attacking random people in the name of activism, 
different story. To hell with of them. Course. Yes, you need to yeah. stop them. Um, and it's probably like a white nationalist dressed up like a black black member. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> yeah, we do need to be careful. I mean, in someone attacking someone, that probably is the case, but like, or attacking someone, <laughs> random person. Um, we do need to be careful about like, often the people that you think might be provocateurs are actually just people who are really upset about how the world is, you know? Um, and also just like, not assuming the like gender and race of people that you can't identify those things about um, is important. Like one of the reasons that people wear black block is uh, because there are black people in the black block who are substantially more likely to be targeted by police. Um, and it's a effective way for them to keep safe. So just, yeah, like learning to try and like solidarity is complicated, right? Because sometimes you have to have solidarity with people where you're like, I don't actually agree with what they're doing, you know? Um, but it is actually what makes our movement strong. Uh, diversity of tactics in both directions is absolutely what makes a strong movement and therefore keeps us all safer. What are some things that um, uh, trans folks, disabled folks, people of color, mm -hmm. what special considerations uh, should they keep in mind when it comes to protesting? And what are the things that allies Mm -hmm. should be doing or be mindful of to, to help those folks? That's a super good question. Um, for my own, if anyone's listening to this and, and can't see me, um, I'm a, a white trans woman um, where I have no physical disabilities. I have some mental health issues. And so that is the point of view that I'm, I'm coming from when I say these things. Um, marginalized people, including actually cis women, um, are substantially more likely to be targeted by police violence. Um, I've personally found that police are substantially more likely to target small people and small people mm. often translates to um, being a woman, but not always, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And like, I've seen like a line of protesters, the cops pick the small person and grab them. Um, mm. And so one of the most important things that you can do is physically keep those people safe. Um, if someone is being targeted by police, you can interfere with that to whatever degree you feel ethically comfortable with or uh, strategically comfortable with. Um, I think that nothing says love like a de-arrest. Like nothing just says like, yeah. I will put myself on the line for this other person. And sometimes it even goes so far as like, there's this footage actually from Baltimore of, um, I think this guy's still in jail for it, but I can't remember. Uh, someone told me once recently, but about 10 years ago or something, this, uh, this black man's being arrested in the middle of the street and a, a white man comes up and tackles the cop. Uh, black man gets away, white man goes to prison. Whoa. And I'm not saying that needs to happen every single time, right? But um, yeah. uh, trans people have a particularly hard time in jail, um, especially, well, it's just, I mean, uh, you know, some trans people might choose. Um, I choose, for example, at demonstrations most of the time to present as a cis man. I don't totally pass as a cis man, but it it is the way that I would choose to interact with the state. It's just something that you you feel keeps you a little safer, right? Um, and I carry an I, I carry an ID, and my ID has my legal name and my uh, my you know my birth assigned gender on it. And um, because I'm not fucking with trying to be like, no, cop, that's not my real name. Call me this. I'm like, I don't I don't respect the police, so I don't expect them to respect me. Um, however, if, if, if court were to drag on, I would definitely need to come out as my actual name in order to get defend, you know, get support. And also just like there's also stuff around like mobility, right, with demonstrations that people tend to yeah. forget about. One, don't move too fast. I mean, there's certain types of demonstrations that are going to need to move fast. And if you're in that type of demonstration, don't leave people the fuck behind. And there's this kind of like 
get away if you can attitude that happens. Now, mm. if you think that you getting caught might lead to specific felonies because of for some reason people might think that you're associated with something bad that just happened, maybe you need to get the hell out, right? But overall, if you're just there, don't leave people behind. Um and keep track of who's having mobility issues around you. Yeah, and, and race stuff gets really complicated as trying to be an ally or especially as an accomplice. There's this you know kind of framework that's been presented uh, out of yeah. indigenous radicals around um, allies. Being an ally isn't good enough. Yeah, we want people who are like yeah. throw down with us, you know, and and yeah. see our struggles as interrelated, which actually involves a lot of like thinking for yourself rather than just like following what you perceive as marginalized leadership. You know, because there's going to be people with a wide variety of opinions within each marginalized group about how to engage. And there's a, it gets complicated. My personal belief, this is not me speaking on behalf of the movement, whatever, is that um, white people probably shouldn't escalate stuff in primarily uh, POC struggles, um, but should read the room and stick with the temperature of what's happening. We should also not peace police people of color and not be like, I mean, we should just shouldn't peace police anyone, but like <laughs> we shouldn't escalate when that's not what, that's not the vibe. Um, yeah. But anyone who chooses to, we should have their back. And and that's that's how I've gone about uh, my own involvement in um, struggles that center um, BIPOC issues. But everyone's also going to have different attitudes about that. Yeah, it's kind of the whole point, right? Is that we're, we're centering them, we're listening to them, yeah. figuring out what they need, where they're a support, and therefore we shouldn't make it any harder on them. Right. Uh, then, then we have to. Uh, if we're not helping, then we're making it harder. So how can we help? Yeah. Um, that usually doesn't involve bringing more attention. <laughs> hey, cops, we're over here, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although, okay, this is a weird trick. You can kind of, hey, cops, we're over here to get cops off of somebody. Oh, yeah. I, no, I like that. I like, uh, I love distraction as a bystander intervention method. And so that kind of fits in with that idea of just like, you know, having fun with your protest, having yeah. fun with your intervention of like, hey, look at me over here. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've, I've had really good luck with like, I mean, it's a terrible situation and I didn't save anyone, but like, you know, um, watching someone get beat by police once uh, away from the demonstration mm. because they ran and the cops chased them and tackled them and cops are predator animals uh, without higher functioning as far as I can tell when they're in their work mode in this particular way. Um, Cue the lawyers. Just kidding. No one yeah, no, this show. Yeah. It's <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and well, it's just like, even like tactically, we need to understand that like, I mean, like literally cops are people, right? So dehumanizing them doesn't actually like, we need to be aware that humans can do horrible things. Um, but yes, in this yeah, particular yeah. case, there's this animal instinct with, well, you think you're in charge. Someone has escaped. You track them down and you beat the hell out of them. And you can interfere with that. And um, obviously it's not always safe, right? But like, I, mem I remember one time this happened and I just was like, started screaming obscenities really loudly at the cop. Like, you know, what the hell are you doing? And the cop stopped hitting the person and started walking towards me. And I was like, uh -huh. well, this is going to go badly. Uh, but then the cop realized that they were busy arresting someone and they couldn't leave that person just lying there. So then they went back. But by that point, I had diffused their energy and they were no longer in a, I'm going to beat everyone up mode. The person yes, still got arrested. Yes. Um, but another thing for like basic protest tip is like grounding techniques. Um, mm -hmm. back in the day, the old, like 
uh, radical pagans were really good at this stuff where they would just basically like teach techniques about like how to stay calm in really intense situations. Another really important protest tip is literally like one of the strangest things that you can do. Um, I, t I, I tend to think of things in terms of magic when I think about like how um, like music is magic. It affects people's moods. It's a very complicated thing that's like hard to scientifically understand. So I'm just going to use the word magic okay. for it. Yeah. All right. I don't know your listenership or, but um, one of the like simplest spells you can cast is like calmness. You can basically one, be a calm person. And two is kind of counterintuitive, but you can shout calmly. Um, that's interesting. If, if everyone starts running, that's bad. Unless it's like, mm. sometimes you can get everyone to run by like being like, Hey, we're all going to count down from 10. And when we get to one, we're all going to run. That's a really good way to put space between you and the cops in a controlled way. Um, but like, when the cops like come in and start swinging on a crowd, that crowd might rout. And the thing is, if you go back to medieval battles, which is the closest and analog we have of all these melee weapons, as soon as there's a rout, that's when people get hurt. Um, most of the most of the deaths in medieval warfare, as far as I understand, happen as everyone's running. Um, and interesting. And you know, and I, I maybe some medievalist is listening to this, and if so, tell me I'm wrong. I'd actually love to hear more about it because I love geeking out about that shit. But um, if you're in a demo and everyone starts running because the police are doing something, I've always yelled, don't run. Um, medics who have more training about this say, yell, calm, calm. Um, because huh. when you yell, don't run, don't run, there's a chance someone might hear run, run. Um, uh, okay, but I've, okay. I've, I've done this actually in multiple countries where even English isn't the first language. And there's actually just something about the cadence of yelling, don't run or be calm. Um, or walk, I guess, is another thing people yell. That is this like, uh, it, it tricks something in your brain. And it's awful because you're telling people what to do, but it's just this animal thing where you're just like, oh, right, we're not running. That's what we're doing is we're not running. And then I'm just hearing so many things that are, that relate to bystander intervention, which is what I teach like all the time. Oh, okay. Which is, it's, so this is like a, it's like a version of delegating mm -hmm. where like when you actually ask someone for what you need or what you want in that moment, mm -hmm. it snaps people out of what's going on and they want, they want to follow those directions because there's finally directions. Yeah. Right. So all of a sudden you're saying, no, 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 we're not walking. We're not walking. Then everyone's like, oh, okay. Some, someone's in charge. Yeah. And, and they're just kind of waiting to know what happened. Just like staying calm, using de-escalation techniques, distracting. Yeah. Uh, it's all, it's all there. It's all related. You guys. Oh, that's great. <laughs> then you have a perfect skill set for this kind of stuff, right? Like, okay, I guess so. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready to get out there. <laughs> and that's, and that's actually something too, right? Is everyone should think about what they can bring to a demo and not just like the coolest sign. Although like, you know, I mean like cool signs, like that get across Love social cool media sign. is great, but like, what are you good at and how does that relate? Like, like maybe you're good at feeding people and then be like, the person yeah. who brings tons of snacks or maybe you're like i'm really calm in a situation and then be like okay i need to go where there's chaos and exude calm and or maybe i mean literally i feel like my only good skill set at the moment is i'm really good at not getting arrested um <laughs> uh, it's important too i guess yeah uh, yeah you're right but but everyone everyone has a role to play and they can all be different yeah. and um Sometimes it's just about just being there, just yeah. adding to the numbers. Yeah. And and I think that's lovely. The other thing, though, is that going out and being there is really important. But there's also sometimes you look at your skill set and you say, what I'm really good at doesn't involve leaving my house. Like maybe what you're really good at is legal support. Maybe what you're really good at is like um, 
uh, training people from afar. Maybe what you're really good at is coordinating support. Maybe you know, there's so many things. Yeah that all work together. And that actually gets also across like a lot of the like, but if you can challenge yourself, if, and you know this better than I do, not you, you, well, you do this, you know, but like. Everyone knows it for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you should step out of your safety when the situation demands it, but you know what that means. Stepping out of your safety might be mean getting involved with legal support at all in a way that gets your name out there. You know, yeah. it might be calling the jail and knowing that your phone number now has called the jail to like harangue someone um, that might be as far out of your safety as you can go. And that's OK, you know. Yeah. But when there's some real fucking shit going on yeah. in the country and, and it's putting so many marginalized people, especially at risk of, yeah. of violence, uh, it's it's going to take us, all of us, getting out of our. Yeah our safety yeah exactly well put um i didn't know if you wanted if you had any thoughts on the song at all what we're talking about doesn't totally relate yeah no i i you know it's like i was reading the lyrics and listening to the song and, and i told you this before you started recording that it mostly just has me being like oh i'm so glad people are making music like this um, <laughs> <laughs> like like it mostly was just like, yeah, I need to listen to this band more. You know, I've, I've listened to your band a couple of times, but uh, just like listening to the song, I just was like, I, I was thinking about the the role of um, the role of music to shape culture and the role of culture to shape um, our conceptions of what's possible and what's valuable and what's ethical and what's uh, and what we need to do. And um, and I know that's a I know that, you know, this interview is about the song specific, but I just overall i'm just like I, I think that that's great it takes everything right it used to be that punk was like the primary anarchist aesthetic in the united states like 20 years mm -hmm. ago and that's just no longer the case and that's wonderful but i also love that punk is still there and and not just like for anarchism but you know activism and just being able to look at being like every subculture you look at there are people who are paying attention to what's happening and like creating um an aesthetic idea of resistance and not like aesthetic idea of resistance being like oh i wear makeup in this cool way or like i have punks on my punks on my studs studs on my whatever um <laughs> i mean <laughs> um <laughs> yeah but um so i don't know i you know i i uh more of it good yes that's my answer to the song <laughs> <laughs> love it yeah because you know if we're gonna prepare for a revolution we're gonna need to dance we're gonna need some music yeah. we're gonna need some joy sometimes yeah um and you're right it affects music affects our brains uh in really magical ways yeah and we can use that for good <laughs> which i hope uh our album does cool um well margaret thank you so much for joining me and and teaching us all so much about uh protesting and we'll see how the next few years yeah. unfold but i have a feeling that we will need to retain these skills and and use them again in the future even if maybe the next four years calm down a little bit yeah we just can't say i don't think anyone can predict so thank you very much for sharing your knowledge with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. If things calm down, then that is a great time to capacity build and prepare, you know? Um, 
and to keep pushing things. Exactly. High five. <laughs> Thanks so much. I learned so much interviewing Margaret. I'm so glad she had good enough internet out there in the middle of nowhere to get through my annoying Zoom interview. Um, at some point, you know, she started talking about game mechanics and it was exciting as a board gamer to be like, oh my God, I know what you're saying. HeroScape is coming in handy. Uh, so I hope you learned something and enjoyed it as much as I did. Keep listening to hear the song In Your Path in full. It's off Warren Women's latest album, Wonderful Hell, which you should snag any way you can, because vinyl is slow. Uh, thanks to Brooks Harlan for chopping up our song, Her, to create the podcast theme song. If you'd like to support this podcast and this band, stop what you're doing and share, subscribe, and review this podcast. It's free, and it helps. Okay, you ready for this? To buy my book... Wow merch, including a new beach towel and matching flip-flops. Hello, super fun. Um, to learn about upcoming tour dates, videos, campaigns, booking, whatever, go to the War on Women link tree at linktr.e slash war on women. <laughs> I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, so everything you need to know about the band, there's going to be a link on our link tree, and I no longer have to name all the things, which is very exciting for me. If you need a new Overdrive or Boost pedal, though, designed by Brooks Harlan of War on Women, head on over to BigCrunchAmpRepair.com to learn more about that. And join my Patreon to help me keep this podcast going. Join in at the Seeds level at only a dollar a month. Or donate more for bonus stuff like extra episodes, behind-the-scenes info, and a very funny video of Sue hanging out at my house going all Beavis and Butthead on our songs. You don't want to miss it. Just a reminder, episode transcripts are available on my website, shaunapotter.com, and most of them have links or reading recommendations for further education on the issues discussed, so be sure to check those out. And then check out the video for In Your Path on our YouTube channel. Big thanks again to Rob and Jesse, who, instead of taking payment for their tireless work on the video, asked the band to donate to the Undocumented Women's Fund in NYC at linktree uh, slash Fund. I'll put a link in the show notes and the transcription in case you'd like to donate as well. <laughs>